Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. y'all no matter how hard or how funny it's you know still got to drink through it we're drinking through (laughs) it so today's episode i want to start out with just a little content warning that today we are talking about infant loss Mm -hmm. um that's obviously like a very sad very heavy topic so if you're a person who has experienced the loss of a child the loss of an infant um we just want to invite you to pace yourself through the episode mm-hmm. um it's a really beautiful story and we are really honored to make space to tell it and you know with any of our episodes if a topic's harder for you take your time to get through it mm-hmm. take care of yourselves take care of yourselves it's important that we talk about these things it's uncomfortable it feels awkward it feels wrong um but we are doing it that's what we're here for and we are creating the space for these you know people who experience these horrific events or funny any kind of thing that they want to share um that's what we're here for so today's episode is going to be with natalie yeah we were lucky to get to talk to natalie who is the mother of two beautiful boys twin boys um and very sadly one of them passed away as a as a baby and so she joined us to talk about what that was like for her Mm -hmm. and how she's survived it, what she's learned from it. Um, and I think there's like a lot of wisdom. Like the whole episode is kind of a pearl of wisdom in a way. Yeah. Um, she's also a therapist. So she's got like a interesting perspective on grief. Um, and I learned a lot, like since we recorded it, there's been a lot kind of kicking around my head from that conversation mm-hmm. that I've, I thought was pretty powerful. Yeah. Especially if you have lost somebody necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a child, but just anybody. Um, if you've experienced grief, this is a really good episode. If you know somebody who has experienced grief, this is a really good episode to listen to as well on how you can show up and be supportive to those that have lost somebody. I think one of the number one things, and it's where we actually got Raina thought of the title. Raina thinks of almost all the titles. One thing she really emphasized, and I would love people to listen for, is just how uh, mothers who lose their babies really do feel like they're going insane, going crazy. Mm-hmm. And she just really pointed out, like, you're not going crazy. What's happened is out of order. It's out of the natural order. Mm-hmm. And you are allowed to just feel however you feel. And I, I took a lot from that personally. Yes. Yes. So, um, so yeah, here's Natalie. Thanks y'all. Thank you. Hi Natalie. Hi. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing a story that, um, I'm sure is, you know, uncomfortable and, to talk about um and you know a lot of women you know may have experienced similar experiences that would love to hear this yeah so yeah 
That's why I'm here. Yes, because <laughs> yes. I've seen this play out before. So. Yeah. 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 Well, do you mind sharing actually like why you think that this is something that's important to talk about and why you were willing to um, to come and share your experience with us and with our listeners? Um, I think a big reason why I think it's important is because I am a mental health professional mm-hmm. and I um, have been working with Bill for years, like well before this experience. Yeah. And You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. The thing that I fought tooth and nail to bring my son into is Dungeons and Dragons. That is the ultimate solution to parenthood. I'm Alexis Ohanian. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. I talked to Rain Wilson. I wanted to learn more about Rain's advice to play D&D with your kids. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, I, even before that experience, I worked with kids and families with, you know, really significant trauma histories. And um, I realized through this experience, like, death is its own thing. Like, it's just, I mean, it goes again, you know, with, especially losing somebody to somebody who's young, it's like, goes against the natural order of things in life, you know? And everything we see here, you know, like we go to school because we think we're going to live long lives and have these long professions. We go to to hospital when we're sick, you know, to take care of our bodies. Like everything that you see in our world, like, you know, supports the idea that we're here, we're going to be here for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when somebody gets to the end of like a normal lifespan and dies, you know, like it's always like a sad thing. But it also is a little bit different than when you are, when you experience a death with somebody much younger than that typical time. Right. And um, I noticed in my grief group, because I chose to participate in a grief group after losing my son, um, a lot of the other mothers, they didn't have the same like skills that I think I developed through my profession and everything. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's a really important thing for people who are in that position to understand like what's normal, you know, when you go through an experience to that magnitude and because it can be very isolating and mm-hmm. it can be hard to gauge like, like, like how you should feel. And if this is normal, cause it's like, it's just, 
so different from anything you've encountered before. Losing a very young child, yeah. I can imagine that it must have been especially isolating because people know how to celebrate the entrance into the world of a mm -hmm. of a baby, how to, mm -hmm. how to celebrate the birth of a child. Mm -hmm. um, but I do not think that we're set up in this culture to grieve the loss of a young child mm -hmm. or support parents through such something that is so out of order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to, cause like when you're a mom, I think like even just from pregnancy, you feel responsible for your well-being of your baby. And mm -hmm. like when you're pregnant, you take care of your own body because you know, like, you know, it's going to affect your baby. And, and it's hard when you go through, I think the hardest part about being a mom is just being powerless because like, I think any mom will experience that at one point, but like in my situation with him, as much as I wanted to help him, I didn't, I couldn't help him. And there, they just came to a point where there's nothing that I could do. And um, that was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you mind um, sharing with our listeners a bit about um, what it, a bit about your story, a bit about your children um, and the experience that kind of brought you here? Um, well, so I had this life that I loved. I lived in Portland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I grew up in Salt Lake and then I moved to Portland very purposely. And I loved my life. I was married to my life and I loved my life. I went to grad school here. I had all these dreams and I had just graduated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all my friends were getting jobs and it was like all my colleagues were getting jobs. and. I was really looking forward to doing that too and it was just really interesting because that was like right when the unexpected happened. Sure, that's life wants to do that too. Yes. Yeah. And it just ruined all that for me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so it was just like a really, when I found out I was pregnant, I I just knew that there was, I didn't know what it was, but I just, I had this sense that my life was going to be unusually rocked. Like I just mm -hmm. knew that my life was going to change in a really big way. Like obviously when you're pregnant, you know that, but like, mm -hmm. I just knew that like, I just, I had this feeling I wasn't going to be in Portland anytime soon. And it just was, cause I was planning to do my whole pregnancy there mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, um, I just had this really strong feeling that things were going to change and um they did because mm -hmm. you know like finding out I was pregnant was the first shock and then finding out I had two babies was the next shock mm -hmm. yeah. and you know I as my pregnancy progressed um they started to like notice that one of my son had a few issues that didn't they couldn't pinpoint what it was mm -hmm. but it it didn't look normal mm -hmm. and so we did all these tests and everything like tested like fine and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but there's still some areas where like this is like what we they couldn't get like clear imaging in like ultrasounds and that sort of thing so they couldn't mm -hmm. really determine definitely what it was mm -hmm. and but so I was given several different diagnoses during my pregnancy and they it really was really difficult because um they told me like really early on that he probably wouldn't live mm -hmm. and that was really hard i remember that was like yeah that totally changed my life and um and so um 
And then at the end of my pregnancy, I, like, which is pretty typical when you have twins, is um, I went into preterm labor. So they put me on bed rest at like 27 weeks. I was already starting to like dilate and everything. Oh, 27 weeks? Yeah. Wow. And I had just moved like, cause because of these concerns, it made me feel like I needed more help with my the support of my family. So mm-hmm. I moved back to Utah and I just moved. And then they put me on bed rest like the minute I moved back to Utah. Mm-hmm. So I laid in bed for like literally like two and a half months. Damn. And it was so like I had all these changes and I just mm-hmm. felt like I had to up and leave my life. Yeah. And I never got to really say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't want to because I was like, I'm going to come back <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, return when it's time or yeah. whatever. But yeah. but yeah, so it was just like one, I was just thrown into one huge change after another. Mm-hmm. And then that continued like even after they were born. Yeah. So and what, what happened after the babies were born? Um, so I, um, the babies were born and my one baby stayed with me. Um, so my babies, I named them Austin and Preston mm-hmm. and Austin stayed with me and then Preston had to go to the NICU. And, um, you know, it was really interesting because everything that they predicted would happen or that could happen didn't happen. And so, and then he, his, um, the theme with him is he just kind of pressed through his circumstances. Like they'd mm-hmm. give me the worst possible outcome mm-hmm. and then I'd be preparing for it and scared and mm-hmm. then it wouldn't happen and he'd prove them wrong. And I was just like, yes, you know, like, yeah. so it was kind of hard, like really unpredictable for mm-hmm. me to know what to do. Mm-hmm. It was also really intense because, you know, I like, I don't, I'm doing this by myself. Like yeah. I don't have a partner and mm-hmm. I have my family, but we, it's not the same thing. Yeah. And, um, I have two. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, two I'm babies. taking home one baby and staying up nursing and trying to figure that out by myself. Mm-hmm. And then we get up in the morning and I take him with me. We go to the NICU and I'm dealing with that baby. And then mm-hmm. you know, like in between, I'm like pumping and like dealing yeah. with my Jesus. my non-NICU ah. baby. And then so yeah. it's just like and then dealing with heavy information from medical professionals in the NICU and even just like the process that doctors approach like NICU babies like they have like a certain protocol Mm -hmm. like if this baby goes into this category this is how we treat it and Mm -hmm. these are our recommendations Mm -hmm. and my baby was a certain category and they were trying to sway me a certain way and I Mm -hmm. didn't feel right about that way so it was like and then my nurses would wait till like the doctors leave and then they'd be like been doing this a long time yeah, yeah I was and, <laughs> and they're the ones that, that spend time with your baby like, right they're the right, ones yeah. that like change yeah. diapers doctors just stop by yeah, the yeah like <laughs> they yeah. deliver the information so like yeah. coldly they, and medically yeah and then the nurse is like talks they, to you and they, they talk to you they <laughs> yeah. see you cry they yeah. cry with you yeah. and they like they like they know you're their his mom you know they, right. they know who the mom is yeah. and it's so, like true and they like honor that person. yeah yeah because i'm thinking like in the NICU of course the energy is focused on like making sure that focused on the baby yeah but who's taking care of you who's giving you like who's <laughs> who's giving you love and support when you're mm-hmm. having like the most terrifying experience of your life so yeah. far and, yeah. and then trying to take care of a newborn and, baby yeah and nurses like had an eye for that and yeah. i feel uh-huh. like like we've become friends like they came to my son's service and everything uh-huh. and like mm-hmm. i don't know it's just 
like they were the only people that ever really got to really know my son, mm -hmm. you know, because he lived mm -hmm. in the hospital all of his life. Do you remember how you got through that or what you I don't even know. Yourself. It just feels like, like I look back at it and mm -hmm. I think the same thing. I'm like, how did I get through that? Because mm -hmm. it was such a blur. Like my family was it's really supportive. My family's really close mm -hmm. and my family like really steps in when, in moments like that in our lives. And so they were really there. It was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And it was also like a bonding moment for everybody. So Preston was mm -hmm. in the NICU for a, a time and it sounds like he fought yeah he fought and then eventually he did pass yeah which yeah. was really unexpected like the, mm -hmm. I mean we knew it was coming but it we didn't know like that day and that week we just sure. it just kind of it just all of a sudden happened and mm -hmm. I didn't like I didn't know that that was gonna happen like wow. that day and how could you possibly prepare yourself for that there's yeah. no way it there's was no really way. hard it yeah. was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. It was just like, I, I remember just like being so grateful that he was thriving and I would go home like when I would leave the NICU and I would look out at the sky and the mountains and I would just be like, right now his heart is beating here, mm -hmm. like in this, in this world, like he's here, he's alive, mm -hmm. you know, and I would think that and I would look at like people walking out on the street and that sort of thing and be mm -hmm. like he's here with us you know yeah and it's just I don't know it's just like I would consciously think that all the time and then you know that moment when things started to go downhill for us it was just like it didn't feel real you know yeah. as it was happening mm -hmm. it didn't feel real and then it got to be like like when it started to get real that's when it got like really terrible like and that's the part I don't ever talk about it's <laughs> because you don't have to it was really hard yeah. but um I think when he passed um it was just really painful I I there's just no preparation for that like I think I mean you can have like a loved one with a terminal diagnosis but you don't really know what it's like until it happens like right. there's just no preparation for that mm -hmm. and um and that was like something that was really painful that I, I just, I had no way to grasp that. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think there is any way. I mean, you just do, you know, yeah. you just are, you just yeah. be, Yeah. you know, yeah. so fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, do you remember like what you did in the very early days to just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, I imagine having Austin like creates kind of like an anchor or a mm -hmm. constant for you yeah. because you do have this baby who's still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just felt like he was like, like we've been through so much together. He's Seriously. Like, like, like cause yeah. he's like not just a sibling, he's like a twin, you know? Yeah. So they were in the womb together, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, like he, I like held on to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, and he doesn't even talk, you know? He, and I'm doing all the work, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess I just, I don't know. He was, I looking back, I didn't know it at the time. I think it was just more like survival that like he was the person that I just focused on, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't even know. I just remember it being a blur because I honestly, like I had so many people reaching out to me. Sure. I was just like, 
totally like everybody wanted to have like some kind of contact with me and I didn't want to be around anyone yeah I like stayed literally in my condo for almost a total like almost a whole year like I, I'm from Salt Lake City I have family like all my family's there I know tons of people tons of friends and I people I trust and love you know and I didn't want to have any contact with any of them like I I was not just being changed by my grief, but like by motherhood and wondering, you know. Yeah, so much. So stuff. much stuff. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't want to like have to cater to anybody right. and like, you know, people please. Or, Spend yes. that energy yeah. elsewhere. Like, yeah. how do you have any energy yeah. for it? I, I was not, too. You know? I, yeah. was, I knew I was vulnerable and I knew I was numb and I just wasn't prepared for and any kind of like ugliness in the world I just like I don't want to be exposed to anything like that right, right. now I just yeah. break you know yeah so that's yeah. like one of the weirdest things about grieving too is like you wind up doing a lot of emotional labor for other people yes you do even though it's like an educating yes and, even yeah. though they're like so well-intentioned yes. um like I'm lucky that like I went through and I'm going like going through the worst grief I've ever felt with my best friend. So we don't have to like yeah. do labor for each other because we just understand it. Yeah. But like I ha I feel like there is a lot of emotional heavy lifting you do for other people when they're trying to be there for you, which makes, yeah. which sounds like a horrible thing to say. I don't really know a I way know, through that or out of it, but it's yeah. just it's like so common. It's just really hard. That's why it's important to talk about these things so people yeah. can have a better perspective on how to approach people who are grieving. There's just no way that people can understand this and then mm -hmm. some of their ways they reach out aren't helpful, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so that just kind of is not helping me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. also we're like, but please also reach out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please tell these <laughs> <listen. laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah. I can see why people would be intimidated, but at the, so I don't want to make it worse. But at right. the same time, I think we really need to like reestablish because, you know, back in the day, like when people would have a stillborn or have a baby, the, their approach was like, they wouldn't even let the mom see the baby or hold the baby. They mm -hmm. just hurry and take the baby. And the idea was that if you kept them separate, then they wouldn't have time to bond and it would be easier on the oh mom. Oh my gosh. And they didn't like, think it was appropriate to take pictures of the baby and that sort of thing. And so, they, I mean, obviously we've made a little bit of progress since then. Right. I mean, that's like the generation of like, just yeah. sweep it under the rug, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. we're not going to talk about this yeah. and we're going to pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Like that's like our parents' generation. But hopefully we can make more strides because, yeah. you know, these are the kinds of things we're facing now. Totally. And they don't get talked about so people mm -hmm. don't know, you know, and so they avoid us grievers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's Scary like, um, you already have a bond. They were inside of me, you know, growing, yeah. I was growing a life, you yeah. know, like, yeah. so I'm glad like they are switching it up so you, you can at least have that decision if you want to see the baby or not you know what I mean yeah. like at least give it a give you a choice yeah there's... rather than just take them away yeah 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 what do you think just because we we are I love the direction this conversation has taken around like just how confusing grief is yeah for the per the person grieving and the people who love the person grieving yeah. it's yeah. just fucking confusing yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious like in your experience what are some of the things that people don't seem to understand about about 
the experience of grief, especially grieving the loss of a child? I think, well, I remember like really early on, I was given a packet by the hospital and it was actually a really good packet. It wasn't one of those old school therapy grief models, but, um, and it was on grief and early grief. And I remember something has always stuck out to me. It was this part where it talks about like if it was a section for people dealing with somebody who's lost a loved one, so trying to how to support them, mm-hmm. and it's specifically for mothers who have lost children, it said to be a good listener, not an advice giver, and how important that is for the griever to t- share their story, and not only share their story, but share it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because for their universe has been so like rearranged Mm -hmm. and talking about how your sense of time gets really skewed you Mm -hmm. know because like it just is so altering um it helps them process the loss from happening having happened to happened in the past Mm -hmm. because sometimes depending on like things that you're exposed to it can just bring you back and you you feel like it's it's still happening or it happened Mm -hmm. even though you know there's a big part of your awareness that knows that it's it's happened but you're in a state where it's still feels fresh Mm -hmm. and so you have to like and that's the part that's really brutal about losing somebody is like you have to do that. Like you go back into the world and you, you know, come to the table with a group of friends you've always known and you, it's, you have that loss reflected back to you multiple times because you see that this person is still waking up to the same day that they've been waking up to for like six years. You know, mm-hmm. they still have that same frame of reference for the, to orient their life and their challenges mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and, and that really, makes you aware of like how much you've been gone and how much your world has like imploded you know Mm -hmm. and then that becomes painful and it and that also can make it challenging to want to keep like coming to the table with friends and yeah and maybe even like thinking a little bit further about like are these the friends that i want to be with if if they're not aware of this or yeah and being like i have you know this much Mm -hmm. energy like who's it gonna go to right (laughs) so right for sure yeah i think you're so like right on about sharing i love that shit keep telling your story over Mm -hmm. and over again because it does create a sense like a timeline you know and um and it, because with any kind of trauma, it lives inside your body, you know, and that you can be right there experiencing it's that the same cereal. feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, and so for Valentine's Day is actually a really significant day for me. Um, it was like the last day that my son was fully, like, he actually passed on the 16th and Valentine's Day is the 14th, but mm-hmm. it was the last day that he was like alive and well. Mm-hmm. And the next day it was like, he was just cold and everything. But I have a really good memory from Valentine's Day mm-hmm. because I I was at the hospital that day and I chose to take a break and they have this little area where they serve um, dinner for families that are staying there. And so I went to go get dinner and they were passing out roses to all the mothers and I got this white rose and Mm -hmm. I just it was just like really sweet and it was just like kind of like a nice reprieve you know Mm -hmm. and and I actually still have that rose it's like sitting in my Mm -hmm. I dried it and it's sitting in my kitchen and everything Mm -hmm. and um, 
But so my son goes to this. This all connects. So my son goes to this little Montessori class in the mm-hmm. mornings, and he's only two. <laughs> and I picked him up on Valentine's Day, or it was actually Valentine's Day. I think was on the weekend, but I picked him up for the last day before Valentine's Day. And he came home with all these valentines, and I didn't even know. Like, I didn't make him valentines mm-hmm. for his classmates or anything. So, I asked his teacher. I was like, um, "Are you like? So, was I supposed to do valentines? Like, <laughs> all, all the other moms did." I was like, "I am so sorry." And I could tell it like kind of bothered her a little bit, and I didn't even like think about it. Like, because yeah. honestly, like in that period of time this is something that's new is like, I've never had this happen because especially being a mental health professional, like awareness is so important mm-hmm. to me and I've always been super aware, but like that period of time I was like having panic attacks mm-hmm. and I, it was happening like mm-hmm. every day to the point where I saw my doctor about it and I was, I was getting medication mm-hmm. and I had had a panic attack like every single day. And then I finally realized through that experience that like, like I, this why. is yeah. this is why this is happening. Yeah. Like my body has recorded this, mm-hmm. and it takes me a second to process. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, it's it's Valentine's Day, and yeah. that's why. Yeah. yeah. And so it's yeah. just it's really interesting how, like, that just showed up. You know, like I I have all these skills to like calm myself, and you know, but that didn't mean crap because my body wouldn't let me get away with that. You know. Yeah. It just. Um, it's really common for mothers who have lost children to feel like they're going crazy. Like that's a yeah. very common theme that comes up. And, you know, I'm lucky because I have a lot of skills through my background, mm-hmm. but I noticed there was a lot of like issues that came up in my group where like people were learning about that for the first time and they didn't know that that's a very normal response for an experience to that magnitude, you know. So, like, what happens? Like, what do you what do you mean they they uh, think they're going crazy? Because to me, it like that feels surprising. So it's like, of course, you feel like you're going crazy. You just lost a child. It's the most yeah. unnatural feeling thing. But I'm I'm curious, like, like you, symptoms. Like, what do you mean? Or like, what's happening? I think yeah. they, are they I just think getting gaslit with an, by the world. I think you live with an insecurity because like there's awareness, like when you go out to the world and you see kind of like somebody seems kind of sheltered and that like, Oh, they wouldn't be able to handle Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatnot. And I think they're like, so one mother, for instance, she, we were talking about this and she made a comment to me cause she struggled after losing her son. And she made a comment to me. She was like, you know, if people could see inside my thoughts, they would think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And I have felt that exact same thing. Mm. And I just felt so relieved to hear somebody mm. else say that because like, I know, and I've, I've heard other parents say the same thing in different ways. Like it's like, it's isolating to know, to notice that you are going through an experience that most of the world doesn't relate to. Yeah. And that that's the part and that's mirrored. So we were just talking about this, like that's mirrored back to you in several different ways. Is like, you've just encountered this huge experience and it's it's not shallow enough for the world and so you feel like the different one you know and 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 you don't really we don't really have a framework for it you know like the framework that i used to work for with with whenever i had a problem or dealing with stress and that sort of thing is it just doesn't it's it's been shattered you know and so i'm trying to 
I'm still working on that part for you know my new normal, I guess. So, right. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear like what has worked for you. So one resource that you actually shared with me yeah. um, when I was earlier in my grief process was uh, Megan, the author. Um, and like grief worker Megan Devine. Yeah. Um, I'll put her Instagram in the show notes so that people can find her. But she talks a lot about building a life alongside your grief yeah. instead of this idea of like recovering from it. Yeah. Like um, it's which like was really your like mm-hmm. step by step process that you return back to normal. Yeah. Your life will You're be not. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the purpose forever. of the experience. I think mm-hmm. you know we all you know come here to have an experience and mm-hmm. well, I don't think yeah. we're supposed to say the same you know right so, no I mean that's yeah. the hope right yeah. <laughs> that we're evolving and yeah. changing and I mean um and we have these earth-shattering circumstances sometimes you know these uh, experiences and then we're like okay like but now what you know what am I supposed to do mm-hmm. with this you know yeah. and then um see it in a way course you're grieving and of course it's fucking sad but then also what is this what is this what am i what where can i go from here yeah you know mm-hmm. like there's like i said this in the previous episode you know you have a like at some point you have a choice yeah. to decide if you just want to live in your suffering or if you want to start the healing process yeah you know yeah. um and of course, the healing process, again, is not linear. Yeah. It's going to be up and down, up, round and round. You know, you're going to yeah. be back where you fucking started. And sometimes it's doing point. nothing. Like, yeah. for me, like, you know, like, I think there's this idea, like, when people are depressed, they sleep a lot and they avoid their friends. And I don't know, like, that definitely explains me for the past year or so. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, you are processing so much yeah so much more than the, the typical person right it makes a lot of sense to take a lot of sleep to mm-hmm. take t- more time mm-hmm. to sleep yeah. and to avoid certain experiences and people you know because it's hard you it's have to exhausting. take care of your body yeah. you know and so yeah. i think it's important to look with that perspective rather than just being like a pill popper you know what i mean right. like it, yeah. it's fine to take pills yeah but like you know, no, but that with totally awareness is mm-hmm. important. Like protecting your energy and like yeah. taking care of yourself because yeah. you have to live inside of your head. Yeah. You know, I like that. You have to live inside of your head. <laughs> That's why I'm always like, I don't care. I have to live in here. I have to hear these fucking thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. like, I, now I've been able to like finally set boundaries, yeah. you know, because I can't. Like, yeah. I used to be like that too. Like, always like, caring too much about how I was coming across to other people or making yeah. sure they're comfortable. So I'm going to just not say anything or whatever, you know, but, yeah. but then like, then I'm going home and like living with this, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm driving myself fucking crazy yeah. and it's yeah. not it's worth it. anymore. it's yeah. not worth it, you it's know? Work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for fuck dude. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a, so much. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, very grateful and appreciative for you coming on and sharing these things because I don't know, like, um, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of loss in life and, um, people don't know how to move through it or how to support those that are moving through it, Yeah, you know, and the more we talk about it, 
the hard shit. I mean, if yeah. we have to be the ones to like put our shit out there, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. you're so brave for doing that, yeah. you know? I think it's important for people to at least say something. Like if they have somebody that has just lost somebody, I think it's better to say the wrong thing than to not say something at all, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because, and even just saying like, I don't know what to say, yeah. but I, I'm your friend and I want to support you. Like yeah. that means so much, you know, because I know like most bereaved moms, they already know, like mm -hmm. there's, there's no words that you can say. They know that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to be able to find ways to support people and just asking them mm -hmm. and rather than avoiding them. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Is there any any final thoughts or anything that you're like, oh, I actually like, I, th I really wanted to make sure I said this and we didn't cover it yet? I guess I just, I really wanted, to, I think we touched on it just with like, um, I know like I've read it so many times um, just with parents thinking they're losing their mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a really normal thing. Yeah. And I, I think it's sad because I've, I've seen and I've heard how, especially for parents that are in a partnership, uh, you know, usually it's the male who kind of bottles it and then the female thinks she's losing her mind and then the male's like, you are losing your mind. And mm -hmm. sometimes, and that's a normal thing. And yeah. so, yeah. like to lose your mind. So if, if a partner doesn't know that, I mean, that would be really hard. And I, I've seen that happen. And, and even with people who haven't experienced that and have, the way they perceive other people, I think it's important to, to realize that it changes you yeah and that's really appropriate response for something yeah totally yes. like it changes you and then that means like for your friend group or your partner it's gonna change them yeah. you know and if it doesn't then they're not your people yeah. you know what I mean yeah kind of thing it's yeah. like I'm changed so um and losing your mind or going crazy I mean I, I think uh, yeah all of that is fucking normal like yeah. so it would be yeah. not normal to just like yeah <laughs> you know what I mean I mean obviously to it's try and go back to normal yeah yeah, yeah. adapt to other people again yeah and again that would be just like your body like a coping skill right survival mechanism yeah. just like shut down yeah. you know um yeah. or you feel it you feel it all and yeah. you fucking go crazy yeah. And know that, you know, you're going, you'll make it back to yeah. you, you know, but yeah. you have to fucking feel it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's important for people who have gone through that experience to find their people. Yeah. Know? Like, I found sure. a group of grieving moms, and that's been really helpful. That's so good. Yeah. Um, I think I look back at that and I was like, gosh, that was just kind of like an afterthought. Like, I just, like, maybe I'll go to this group, you know, but mm -hmm. now I'm like so grateful, you know? Yeah. And so. I think it's important because it's already so isolating. It's it's nice when you find somebody that's gone through something similar, even though right. it's not exactly the same. Never. Even in your suffering, like the way that you reach out and want to help others is beautiful, and I just mm -hmm. want to just give so much love to you and Austin and Preston, oh. and thanks for being so open and sharing so much wisdom that you've come by the hard way yeah. today. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Offering this yeah. opportunity. It's been yeah. kind of nice to share stories and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, I just think it's so beautiful when people can turn their story 
into something even how horrible it, the fucking story is like you can turn it into like helping others or through and you helping yourself through helping others yeah. you know it's a healing yeah. it's part of the whole healing yeah process we need and, each other yeah yes we yeah. do and we're not yeah. alone like you're not alone in any of this you know yeah. um, there's other people that definitely you know people experience loss in all sorts of ways and i think hearing this hearing your story you know they're gonna hopefully gain some sense of, you know, you're not alone. You're yeah. not, you don't have to be alone. There's other people out there, Yeah. you know, and you're not going crazy. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> thank you yes. Natalie. And thank you to all of our listeners. Yes. Um, if you've experienced the loss of a child, um, we hope that this has been a connecting experience, a connecting episode for you to listen to, um, you know, let us know what you think and um send natalie all your love because she yes. was very very brave and very wise generous and compassionate today so yes. thank you everyone and we'll see you next week yes thank you thank bye. you bye